What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is January 1st of 2020, and I'm really excited to wish everybody a happy new year, and thank God 2020 is finally over. Um, There were some good things that came out of 2020, though. I did get to establish a a podcast. I got to talk to some pretty great great people, such as Jordan Burnfield from ESPN and so many other great people I just got to have great conversations with. And um, I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm forever grateful for what's happening with the podcast and what I'm trying to do with sports broadcasting and journalism. Um, So, you know, without 2020 being what it was, I really don't know where I would be right now. I really don't know what my mindset would be about a career, about what I want in the world. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of good things that came out of 2020 that people aren't ever going to talk about because 2020 is always going to be the year of just the worst possible year for so many people's lives in America and in the world. But I mean, there there were some good things. You got to take away the good and you got to take away the bad. And you just got to kind of look at it for what it was as a whole, not for just, you know, the bad parts. But with that said, I hope everybody's 2021 is an amazing, amazing year. I hope it's nothing but blessings and, and good positivity. I hope you all find love, money, whatever you want in this world. I hope you find it. Um, you know, it's a year of possibilities. We just had the worst year of our lives. And honestly, um, it's all uphill from here. The battle's almost over. We're about to get these vaccines or whatever, if you believe in them or not. Regardless, um, it seems like COVID will not be as big of a deal as it was. Sorry, my voice cracked. Um, as, big, as, as big of a deal as it was last summer compared to this upcoming summer. It seems like, you know, we might be able to get sports back. We might be able to get fans in the stadium and, and what have you. Um, it's looking bright, and I'm I'm just optimistic about it, and I'm hoping for it. But with that being said, today's video is all about the Chicago Blackhawks. If we're talking about on the topic of horrible things, um, the Chicago Blackhawks have just got injury-ridden and just illness-ridden. It is looking really bad. It's looking really bad. And today we're going to be talking about the fall of the Chicago Blackhawks and why this dynasty fell apart and what led to that. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it, but right now we're going to talk about number one, case in point. I just think the worst part of all of it is Jonathan Taze is out. And we're going to we're going to get into that. And we're going to talk about it, but really this it's a full rebuild now. No question about it. Jonathan Taze is out of the season indefinitely, which basically if you don't understand what indefinitely means in the sports world, it just means not a chance, not a timetable of return. He is not coming back for at least the rest of this season. There's no chance in hell. Um from what I've heard it's an illness. They won't say what it is. I don't know if it's a disease. I don't know if it's an illness. Or it is an illness. I don't know if, what kind of illness, though. Is it cancer? Is it MS? Is it something um, we saw like with Brian Bickle had to retire? You know what I mean? And Corey, I think it was Corey Crawford was experiencing vertigo or something like that. There's just so many different ways we can look at this. But from what I read, um, he's been experiencing, quote, this offseason, I've been experiencing symptoms that have left me feeling drained and lethargic. Um, that's a quote by Jonathan Taze on ESPN. Um, it says, quote, until I can get my health back to place where I feel I can, compo- I, can com- I can preform at an elite level to help my team, I will not be rejoining the Blackhawks for training camp. I do not have an, a timetable for when I will rejoin the team. I am extremely disappointed, but it wouldn't be fair to myself or my teammates to attempt to play in my current condition. Um, that's a quote by Jonathan Taze. Jonathan Taze is the heart and soul of this Blackhawks team, without question. Um, we also have guys like Andrew Shaw, who didn't get to play in the playoffs. 
um, because of his concussion issues. I don't know if those have resolved or if he's still feeling some type of way. Um, we really don't know. Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford is now gone. He's not on the Blackhawks. He's on the New Jersey Devils. We hate to see him go, but we also understand it. He, he's just been injury ridden the last few years with concussions and so much more. Um, you pray for the guy because that's, I mean, it's serious shit. It really is. I've had one myself. Um, it made me feel out of pocket for at least a year. It, it, I mean, at least like six to 10 months, I felt not as myself. I would randomly get angry. You would randomly get just emotional, um, sad and just other stuff. And it's just weird. I got, that was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And now I feel, you know, completely fine. Everything's great. Um, but you know, you still have moments where you kind of forget stuff. And I don't know if that's a part of that, but you know what I mean? Um, to have those so many times as a hockey player and Andrew Shaw, I mean, he's been in so many fights that it, even if it was one of his, you know, there's not a lot of documented ones for him. Um, I'm sure he's had more than a few like Daniel Carcillo of the Chicago Blackhawks. He founds chapter five foundation and, and so much more about concussions because of how serious it is. You really don't know Andrew Shaw's timetable as well right now. Um, even though he might feel better, how is his performance going to impact that? You know what I mean? Um, is it is it going to be different? Is he, is he going to have a is he going to lose a step because of this? Is what I'm trying to say. Um, we also have Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc got injured. He he just had a wrist surgery. Um, at least I believe it was four to five months. He's going to be missing. I'll look it up when it happened. He was in some tournament or something. Um, let me pull it up right here. Yeah, so we lost Kirby Doc basically for the whole season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's just it's just going to be really, really interesting because you have to see how Dylan Strom um, decides to start playing and other things like that. But we're going to be getting into all of this. Um, that's just the injury reports for right now. Um, there's not other ones, if I'm not mistaken. But right now we're going to talk about why the Blackhawks are in rebuild mode, what's happening and how is this going to impact us? Number one, for the Blackhawk dynasty, I think the biggest flaw, I think they definitely could have made it back to the Stanley Cup in a few years had they not traded Artini, Artimi Panarin to the New York Rangers, or no, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I believe he's on the New York Rangers now. They traded him to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Brandon Sodback. And my biggest issue with that is it's Stan Bowman. Stan Bowman is the biggest flaw of the Chicago Blackhawks. He did not draft Jonathan Taze. He did not draft Patrick Kane. Um, that was somebody else. It wasn't him. I, and frankly, he gets a lot of credit for the teams he put together. But at the same time, he's also a big part of why we didn't have a uh, New England Patriots type of run. Why we didn't have success for at least 10 to 15 years. Um, you know, you could say we did peak. We did peak in 2015 because we lost so many players to free agency. We lost Johnny Oduya. We lost Andrew Shaw. We lost Patrick uh, Sharp. We lost Brandon Saad all due to money. We And especially with our Timmy Panarin too. He won rookie of the year. And Patrick Kane, I believe, won MVP that same year. Um, I believe it was 2016 or 2017, if I'm not mistaken. The biggest issue with that, I think, how do I say this delicately? Um, Brandon side is not worth it. It was not worth that trade. You pay the man. I mean, these two, the man is from some part of Russia. He doesn't really know English. Patrick Kane is from Buffalo. I mean, for Christ's sake, these two should not have any chemistry whatsoever. But for some reason, they were the greatest duo I have seen in all my time playing or all my time watching hockey. The Blackhawks hockey, that is. 
Um, it was better than Jonathan Taze and him. It was better than Marion Hosa and all that, um, which we'll get into as well. I just think it's insane how much chemistry they really had. And if we pull up the stats right now, I'll pull them up for you. Um, our Timmy Panarin. Yeah, his stats, his stats were just, I don't even know how to put it into words, what that season, what this team could be right now. Um, if our Timmy Panarin never would have left. In 2015-2016 season, he played 80 games. Goals, he had 30 goals, 47 assists. This man was insane. He was lights out. The following year, he had 31 goals, 43 assists, 27, 28, 32. Um, his career high was last year. He had 32 goals and 63 um, assists. The man is just insane. There's no question about it. And with Patrick Kane still on this team, it kind of seems like... I mean, Patrick Kane, which is insane, we're actually might going to be able to see him be the captain of this team next year. Whether they give it to him or Duncan Keith, I'm not sure. Um, and we're going to get into Duncan as well and Seabrook's contract. But it's going to be really, really interesting going forward because we really don't know what this team is going to be. We don't really know what's going to happen with Patrick. Are they going to trade Patrick? Are they going to trade Dunk? Um, I doubt you trade Seabrook just because of the fact that you can't, nobody wants that deal. Nobody wants that deal for that age. Now, back in the day, Brent Seabrook was not only an elite defender, but he was the, uh, overtime killer. I mean, this man came in the overtime, just ready to score. And he was amazing. I mean, they called him that himself. I forgot, I, I forgot exactly what the name was that they used to call him, but it was something overtime. I think it was like overtime assassin or something like that. But anyways, um, Back then, without a without a doubt, you can get this man off the roster. But now, I mean, it's just going to be so much harder just because of the fact that he's older. Let's see how old Brent Seabrook really is. Brent Seabrook is um, pulling it up right now for you. Thirty five years old. He's he's gonna have a thir- he's gonna have his thirty sixth birthday in April. He's born on four twenty. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, but. It's just, you really, there's nothing to really do with this. And it's going to be just so much harder to get this man off the books. Um, we're going to look up his salary right now. I know it's insane. Yeah, he makes, what? That is not his salary. Um, let me get it for you. $55 million contract. He, I think he still has like two years left on it, if I'm not mistaken. All right, yeah, we have it right here. So he'll be making... Basically, it's a six million over almost seven million dollar cap hit in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, and it keeps going down. It goes down all the way to four four million dollars, four and a half million dollars by twenty twenty four. It's just a lot of money, and and it doesn't seem like that, but cap space is so much different in the NHL than it is in the MLB or the NBA or even the um, NFL, but. NHL is just so, it just, they just, I'm sorry, I, mean, I don't want to be like inappropriate here, but they just dick us. They dick us, they've dicked the Blackhawks so many years with this salary cap. Every year you win the Stanley Cup, they they narrow it down a little bit lower, and it's just, it's just ignorant. They don't want anybody to sustain success, and that's my biggest issue with the NHL. Um, no hate against them, but it's just like, wh- like, why are you trying to do this? But anyways, the biggest fall for number one was our Timmy Panarin trade. Um, I truly do believe if he would still be on this roster today, we are still contenders even without Jonathan Taze. That is my number one issue with the Chicago Blackhawks and why this dynasty didn't last longer than it should have. Um, and not no discredit to them. 
six, uh, three rings, three cups in six years is amazing. I just feel like we could have sustained success a little bit longer had we kept certain guys at certain things not happened. Number two, what happened? Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa going out, um, having to end his career early. He was still older, but I mean, I still feel like he had two to three seasons left. Um, it would have definitely helped us in a position to make the playoffs further. Um, he had to retire because it was something with his equipment he just got an allergic reaction to and he just couldn't play anymore. Which is insane to me because you play your whole career and you don't have these things. Um, and then they just pop up one day. Now, here's where I'm not trying to be, you know, tr- tell you guys about my life. But because um, I know you guys don't want to hear it. But my thing is I used to eat dairy my whole life for 15 years straight. Um, and then when I turned 15, I got this thing called EOE, which basically is like um, it's an allergy, but like something you can't cure with like an EpiPen or something like that. It's it's different. Um, so basically I can't eat dairy anymore, but I used to eat it my whole life. No problem. When I turned 15, 16 years old, I started having these problems where if I eat dairy, I would get sick. Um, so I'm, I'm perfectly healthy now and it doesn't bother me at all. Um, as long as I don't eat dairy, you know what I mean? Um, but it's just weird things like that. The body is so weird that random things can happen to you. Um, and we're seeing that with Jonathan Taze and Brian Bickle and, and Corey Crawford and so many others, the body and the mind is a weird thing. And it's unfortunate what happened with Marion Hosea. He's definitely, without question, a Hall of Famer. Um, but the fact that he did not get to finish out his career the way he might have wanted to is very disappointing for not only him, but the future of the Blackhawks. Um, number three on my list. Number three on my list is something... It's not really like a hate against Bowman, but it's just like we're bringing back guys that you really only bring them back for the clout, if that makes sense. Um, like bringing back Brandon Saad, bringing I love Andrew Shaw. I've always been the biggest Andrew Shaw fan. Bringing back Andrew Shaw um, when they're older, it's just like I don't know. It just felt like a jersey selling move. You know what I mean? Like you, why did you bring back Brandon Saad? It really didn't make sense. He wasn't better than Artemi Panarin. Andrew Shaw, I can understand bringing back. Um, what he brings to the table, what he was for the Chicago Blackhawks, I will always love and appreciate both of those guys. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I, I just felt like he wanted to keep the same group together instead of getting younger. And um, I think that was one of his biggest flaws. I think one of his biggest flaws was, you know, like trying to bring back guys like Patrick Sharp even after they left after the 2015 season. But and, and he also brought back Andrew Ladd and just so many other guys. And I'm just like, it's not like a it's not like a, a disrespect to them because they are without a doubt amazing players. I grew up watching them. I love every part of their game. But it's one of those things where it's like when you already have guys on $10 million a year contracts like Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane, you really do need to get younger. You really can't afford these big contracts that Andrew Shaw had with Montreal, that Brandon Saad had in um, Columbia, um, or Columbus, sorry, not Columbia, um, <laughs> and, and just so much more. And Andrew Ladd, I forgot where Andrew Ladd came from, but um, it's just so many different ways we look at this. And the Seabrook contract was just constructed so poorly. Um, but when you're when you're a championship team, that's what happens. You guys are winning championships, and we're looking amazing. And here's my big um, comparison right now: if if the Bears were in a horrible spot, if the Bears were like 0 and 16 right now, the Khalil Mack signing would look atrocious. Like, why do we have this guy on the team if we're not in a position to win? So when we were in a position to win a Stanley Cup, the Brent Seabrook uh, signing looked amazing. He was younger. We didn't give a shit. We were rolling. 
Um, but the biggest flaw of it now is that when you're older and you're not winning, everybody looks at the little things. Everybody starts to notice things that you didn't notice before because you were blinded by the fact that we were winning. Um, that's one of our biggest things. My other biggest point um, to why, man, I, I just I hate to be like the like the draft guy, but I'm just saying like we have not drafted a goalie to fill in for Corey Crawford after he left. Um, my biggest thing was Scott Darling. I wanted to retain Scott Darling so that we didn't have this issue just in case. Um, he went to the Carolina Hurricanes. We also gave up guys like... Um, um, Tara, hold on. Before I say his name, I'm just going to finish what I'm talking about. Um, we gave up guys like Scott Darling because we fully believed in Corey Crawford, but then Corey Crawford ended up not being healthy, and that's the issue. Um, that's that's my biggest thing right now. Teravinen is what I wanted to talk about. T- Tavo Teravinen. We also got rid of him. I mean, I love Tavo Teravinen. I thought he was solid. I thought he was amazing for what he was, and we traded him for um, – I forgot what we traded him for, but – it's just one of those things where he's looks, he looks amazing. He looks amazing when we first get him in 2013, 2014. Um, not a, well, 2014, he looked better. He had um, four goals, five assists, and 34 games played. Then in 2016, he goes off and has 13 goals, 22 assists. Um, and he's just been rising. 2018, 23 goals, 41 assists. 2019, 21 goals, 55 assists. 20, uh, 2020, 15 goals, 48 assists. This kid is, he would have been something special with us. But instead, um, like I said, we're trading him for guys that just, I don't even remember who we traded him for. But it's just one of those things you just don't understand. And we traded, um, what was his name? Schmaltzy, too. We traded Schmaltzy for um, Strom and, and just, and just it's just, I don't know. We just have been making moves. I just look at it and we go, if you were just compact with just letting these kids develop, Nick Schmaltz and just so many... I believe his name is Nick. Um, It's been a minute. I'm sorry. Hockey hasn't been on forever. Let me make sure. Yeah, it's Nick Schmaltz. Um, Tavo Teravina was traded for... I don't even know. Um, Let me look it up. Yeah, we got... We traded Brian Bickle and Tavo Teravina for... um, Hold on. I got to sneeze. That's me. Um, we traded them for a second round pick, I mean, in the 2016 and a third round pick in the 2017. It's insane. It was insane to me. Now, the biggest problem with this, and it's my next point, the another reason why we aren't as solid as we are is because guys like Brian Bickle got MS and he had to retire from the NHL, which is no fault of his own. He got a disease or whatever it's categorized as, whether it's an illness or not, I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to be disrespectful, but... It's it's just hard to hear that. It's really hard to hear that. And you're praying for Jonathan Taze that it's not that same issue because um, what that would do to this team and like mentally, it would just wipe everybody out. Now, my next biggest point, and um, this one is what bothers me the most with the Chicago Blackhawks and Stan Bowman, the firing of Joel Quinville was not by any means acceptable by any means I, I i just don't even know how to start talking about it this man in six years gave us three stanley cup championships he sustained the playoffs throughout all of it i mean even in the worst of times we made him i mean this man was amazing he held it down he kept everybody concentrated and focused on one goal which was our big motto um 
It's just the, to use him as an escape goat for your own failures, for bringing back Marcus Kruger, for bringing back so many guys that instead of getting younger with Nick Schmaltz, Kirby Doc, um, Alex DeBrinket, and just so many other guys you can just build around, um, you decided to bring back others. You decided to, I mean, we still have DeBrinket, don't get me wrong, but just to have the youth. If you really want youth, my biggest thing right now, and I hate to say it, I don't want to say it. It's something I've been biting my tongue on for a while, but now with Jonathan Taze fully um, out for the season, you have to look at trading guys. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't want to get rid of Jonathan Taze or Patrick Kane, um, but right now, I think for value-wise, I mean, you're not going to get anything for, Pat- or, uh, for Jonathan Taze right now because of the unknown of his future and the unknown of right now of what he actually has going on with his life, um, whether he has to retire from hockey or what have you. But Patrick Kane, you might actually be able to get some value for it. Duncan Keith, you might actually get some younger talent for um, Guys that might not be ready now, but will be ready in the future. Um, and honestly, I think it all starts with a goaltender. If you could trade Duncan Keith for a solid young goaltender or something along those lines and package him with somebody else, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, it's really interesting. I don't know how to fix this team. I think you honestly just blow it all up. You pray Johnny comes back. You don't trade Johnny. That would be a dick move. Um, But you might have to trade Kaner. You might, personally, I just send him to Buffalo. Send him home. Let him finish out his days um, in his hometown so he's not, you know, dicked over. Or send him to a contender because he deserves the best. I don't want to trade these guys, but you understand that. It's a business, and at the end of the day, he's not getting any younger. We're not getting any better. We need to do. We need to put in play. It's it's the same thing for the Chicago Cubs right now with you, Darvish. I think the biggest thing is you, Darvish, just came off a Cy Young year I, a few years ago. Patrick Kane won an MVP, um, but the team itself is not ready to win now. The team itself is 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 hard on salary cap. They need to get it off. If you can fresh off ten million dollars from Patrick Kane to get a solid goaltender or something like that, um, I would do it. I would do it. Brent Seabrook, man, I mean, I I hate to say it, but you know he's not going to retire, but it's it, he's thir- he's going to be 36 years old. You just pray he kind of retires early and he just takes one for the team. But I doubt that happens. I'm not trying to be disrespectful by any means, but, you know, you don't wish injury upon anybody. You don't want anything bad to happen, but you just hope they respectfully step down. Um but I wouldn't, would you? I mean, if, if I'm not turning down an extra, like, probably 10 to $15 million just to play a couple more years of hockey um, for a mediocre team where you get to be off in the playoffs. I mean, it's just not a solid team. If you would have had a roster full of Tavo Teravainen, um, Alex Debrinket, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Marion Hosa still, um, Andrew Shaw, and just so many others, Kirby Dock, um, Nick Schmaltz, and just... The list goes on and on of young guys we could have kept or acquired, um, but we didn't because we decided to trade them for nothing. If Brian Bickle didn't get it, um, MS or something to that degree where he was feeling out of sorts, you really don't know what this... If Corey Crawford never got injured, um, if never got those concussions, where would we be right now? Um, if we would have kept Scott Darling, there's just so many ways we can look at this, um, but there's nothing you can really say other than the fact that Father time just catches up on everybody, really. And I, I'm not trying to be a dick, but... And I keep saying that, and I'm, I know I sound like a dick right now, but um, it's just my biggest point right now. It's just the Chicago Blackhawks have so many issues. And honestly, keeping it in a buck with you, um, as a Blackhawks fan, 
I did not know the name of the Chicago Blackhawks head coach for the longest. Like, I know Joe Quinville. No question. I'm not saying that. The new one. The one that took over for him. Um, I did not know his name until right before I made this video because he's just a young guy and no one gives a shit about him. His name is Jeremy Collinton. Um, no disrespect to him. Not trying to be a dick. I keep saying that, but I sound like a dick. Um, he's just not the guy. I just truly don't think he's the guy. I just think he handles the, his lines wrong. He doesn't he doesn't use them correctly the way Joel did. Joel switched it up even after he had a set line. You know what I mean? If it wasn't working during game, he would switch it up or something along those lines. Um, this guy just kind of just plays the cards he's dealt and just rolls with it. He's How old is this guy? Um, hold on. Why is he not telling me? Oh, he was born in 1985. All right. Well... That's cool, I guess. But, <laughs> I mean, he's 35 years old. He's very young. He was a player. Um, so that's, you know, that's cool. You have a player's coach. But it, it's not it's not really what you were looking for when you have a team full of veterans. You don't want a guy who's the same age as Brent Seabrook. Um, you want a guy like Joel who's established, who knows what he's talking about. He's been around for years, for decades. Um, it's just really unfortunate to see them do Joel the way they did and there's just so many other people that they just didn't take care of um financially or even um long-term wise they just used them as an escape goat Stan Bowman is the problem with the Chicago Blackhawks and I believe he just got upgraded to I don't even know what he got upgraded to I'll look it up um <laughs> it pissed me off though it really did he was the general manager or ex whatever he was um and now I believe he's like He's the executive or something. Front office restructure. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. He is now the president of hockey operations. Jesus fucking Christ. This man is the man who traded our Timmy Panarin for Brandon Saad, who traded Tavo Teravainen for a second round pick. Um, that was just to get rid of Brian Bickle, who had MS. Like, you're a... Like, he's just a jag. He's a boring guy. He's weird. He has a weird, like personality he's quiet he talks like this um not to be disrespectful but like he's just dull he's not intelligent he's all about the money even though he gives stupid money to people who are aging or have peaked in their prime such as Brent Seabrook who I love as a player I'm a huge Brent Seabrook guy but when you're that age you don't get a contract extension to that amount um now we're in a position where we'd actually have to trade Duncan Keith just to get some value back because we're not going to get anything from Brent Seabrook, which we don't want to trade Duncan, but that's what's going to happen because of Brent Seabrook's contract. Um, without question, they were trying to trade him last year or the year before, and everybody knew about it, and they, they were trying to act like they weren't. It's the same thing with the Cubs and Wilson Contreras. It's just not – they can say they're not doing it, but they definitely are. You can't lie to us. You can't say that you're not doing the things you're doing when all these rumors are coming out, and you don't deny it until it's addressed to you. Um, most things people shut down immediately, but when you really wait it out, it just makes you feel like um, you're really, really pulling some shady shit. And you also see things, it's just, I don't know, it's just so complex, it's so complicated to even get into this. I'm excited for the Blackhawks because I love the Blackhawks, I always have, been a fan my whole life. Um, and I'll always be loyal to these guys because I understand what they could put together. But the biggest issue is, um, Stan Bowman is not the guy. He's just not. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be like this for a while. Rocky needs to have, has a lot. To, if you don't know who Rocky is, Rocky is the owner. Um, 
Rocky has a lot to figure out right now with what he wants, but it seems like Stan Bowman's in his pocket, so we're really not going to be able to get rid of him. Um, this kind of reminds me of the Chicago White Sox ownership is starting to turn into, which um, I really hope it doesn't, just because it's kind of you're playing favoritism and you're hiring your buddies to be able to do things and guys you count on. Um, maybe not just to build a championship team, but just to be able to keep the salary cap down and try to contain it. And by doing that, you have shit teams. Um, that's until you, these shitty contracts get off the books. Excuse me. Um, I really don't know what to expect for the Chicago Blackhawks going further. Um, I, I don't even know who their goalie is right now, if I'm being quite honest with you. I could look it up for you right now, but I really don't know. Um, Colin D'Elia is honestly the only guy right now I could think of. I don't even... Is he still even on the team? Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I mean, he's all right. He's all right. He started 14 games last year. Played in 16. Um, six and four record. So that's not horrible. But is he the future of the Black? He's a young kid. He really is. Um, he's 26 years old. So we love to see that. He's 6'2", 208 pounds. It's going to look great. Um going forward but is he your championship kind of guy you know what i mean is he ever going to take that next step we'll have to see um but there's just so many things we can talk about and so many things we can get into about the chicago blackhawks and why they failed um to excel further into like a patriots type of dynasty where you see them in the playoffs every year whether they win it or not why we stopped making the playoffs why we started trading for older players and it just none of it made sense um i think my biggest thing was Johnny Oduya. Johnny Oduya was a part of the biggest thing for me. Um, I'm gonna look up his age before I speak on it. He's 39 years old. Yeah, correct. Um, I just felt like if we would have hung on Johnny just for a year or two more, it would have been a little bit different just because we also got rid of uh, Homerson and just so many others. Jomerson, not Homerson, I'm sorry. Um, but it's just we really just, the defense just imploded. And that's my biggest thing. We always had the talent offensively. Um, but these guys were having to play both sides of the uh, both sides of the ice because of the fact that we only had Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook for a little while. Jomerson left, um, Oduya left, and so many others left. And it's really, it's looking, it's not looking good for 2021 for the Blackhawks. If they thought 2020 was a rough year, they snuck into the playoffs because of COVID. Um... That's not going to be the case this year. It's most likely not. I mean, you have Dylan Strome. Um, it's just, it just looks rough. It looks rough. And I'm not excited. Andrew Shaw, uh, Brent Seabrook, Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinkit. It's just, it's, yeah, a lot of these guys. Connor Murphy, I like. Um, Boquist, B-O-Q-V-I-S-T. I don't know how to pronounce some of these guys' names just because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just hard. No disrespect. Um, do we have Malcolm Subin? It says it on here, but we'll have to see. No, we don't. Do we actually? Well, if we do, that's cool. But um, it's just one of those things I just don't really know what the future holds. I just think we're going to actually end up trading all these guys, and I really hope not because... If you if you're a Cubs fan, I'm I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, we don't know what's gonna happen with Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, or Contreras, um, or anybody for that matter. 
and and it looks like some of them are going to be moved some of them aren't going to be resigned we really don't know um and, and i'm starting to get that vibe with not this year probably but then prior years whether he, or uh, future years whether he retires um from whatever's going on with him or not uh jonathan taze duncan keith patrick kane and then we'll probably just have to eat the seabrook contract until 2024 um unless he retires or we just find a way to move him which i doubt but there's just a lot of things that are going wrong right now. Um, but that's all I really got to say about that. Thank you guys for listening. If you want more Chicago Blackhawks um, video, uh, podcasts and episodes, just let me know. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. I, like I said, I hope everybody has an amazing year. Praying for Jonathan Taze. I hope everything ends up better. Andrew Shaw, I hope you fully recovered. Corey Crawford, I wish you nothing but the best. Um, thank you for the memories. Thank you for the two Stanley Cup champions championships. Um, and just go Hawks, honestly. But... It's going to be, we're, we're in for a rough ride, so everybody should buckle up. Blackhawks era is, I think, over. All right, talk to you guys later. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out.